Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. And uh, we are just so honored that you would take time to join us today. It is a very unique Mother's Day. And uh, even though we can't uh, maybe be together in the ways that we typically are, just an opportunity to say thank you and to be thankful for so many who have given so much in our lives. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Rhonda, who helped us with our hosting today. And uh, just, just know that my kids could not have asked for a better mom. And I'm so thankful um, to share life with her. And I'm so thankful for my mom. Now, I know some of you may know my mom. She, she consistently attends our 1145 service. Um, but in this season, I wanted to have an opportunity to introduce you to her. And so we had a little conversation by Zoom the other day. And I want you to hear a little bit about my mom, Vera Gilligan. Well, I've got a special guest with me for Mother's Day. And uh, some of you that attend Calvary, especially if you come to the 1145 service, you might know her. But this is my mom, Vera Gilligan. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you, Jeff. You know, I'm proud of you. During this pandemic, you have uh, not only survived and uh, thrived and kept really busy, I know, around your home, but uh, you're kind of, you've mastered zoom on the computer and so we're having a conversation by way of zoom you've been in a couple of calvary's life groups haven't you i have these are things i knew nothing about yeah it's 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 a little bit like i was talking with some friends actually that i went to high school with and we we're talking about how like you know for 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 folks our age these are things that i don't think we ever thought you know we would this was all science fiction stuff right and yet here we are and uh, it's awesome it's 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 really been a great tool in this time so well hey with it being mother's day i've got a few questions that i'd love to ask you maybe to kind of take a little stroll down memory lane help me to remember some things is that okay yes okay here's the first one like tell tell me about your mom my mom passed away in 1967. my mom was a very gentle spirit quiet um you know, she was um, of an English background, and um, yeah, she she was a protective mom, and also very wise. Hmm. What? Why do you say she was wise? My mom knew when to say things, and when to keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes sense. So, yeah. And you were the you were the youngest of six, right? Right. So did that did because of that, do you feel like you had maybe a, a different kind of relationship with your mom than your siblings? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I came along just shortly after the depression was starting to lift. And with already five children, I'm sure they were not real excited about me coming along. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I got a lot of attention from my brothers and sisters, but you know, because we lived on a farm and the boys were always busy, but they had a 
have some fun with me. I can remember my two brothers. Well, I can't remember, but I was told later because I was just a baby. They threw me over the clothesline just because they wanted to have some fun. <laughs> Until my, my, dad, my dad saw it happening, so of course he stopped that. <laughs> That is a great story. <laughs> I'm a dad now and really kind of getting on the other side to where, you know, Ron and I have three kids and uh, Clayton and Chris are both married now. And Evan um, is actually, you know, preparing to leave the house and, and do some exciting new things. And um, so we're, we're in a unique season. And I've often thought over the years and been afraid to ask. So I'll ask it now. like. <laughs> What kind of kid was I? Like, what, what was I like as a little kid? Well, one of the things that comes to my mind very quickly is you did like to talk. <laughs> I, I used to set up a little table and you would preach. And I can remember you preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he's keeping an eye on you. Hi ho, the Dario. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was a songwriter back in the day. Oh, that's funny. Huh. And then there was the time in the um, grocery store and the cashier said to you, I bet your tongue is happy when you go to sleep at night. <laughs> you don't remember that, do you? No, I don't. And if I did, <laughs> I'd probably be bitter about it. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Hey, the other day when we were on the on the phone, you picked up a picture. Do you still have that picture handy right there? Some handsome guy at my house. Yeah, you can hold that back a little bit. Boy, that was a long time ago and a lot of hair ago. Oh my goodness. All right, you can take that down. That's good, Mom. Early too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it had a little something to it back in the day. You know, we live in such strange times. I don't know that anybody's ever really thought through the fact of how do you, how do you celebrate Mother's Day during a pandemic? Moms, today we, we want to thank you. We want to encourage you. And today I want to challenge all of us to consider how do we live our lives in these unique times? You know, as I thought about how do, how do you balance out Mother's Day at the same time that you're talking about this, this season that we're in, I realized that everything I need to know to survive a pandemic, I learned from my mom. So today I want to share with you some, some maxims, some lessons, some things that I learned as a kid growing up, because I think everything we need to know to survive a pandemic, I learned from my mom. Now, now there's some mom maxims, right? Uh, simple things like mom said to wash your hands or mom said to cover your mouth when you cough or mom told us to keep your distance from strangers, right? All those things are things that come in real handy in this season. I want to go a little bit deeper though. I want to talk about some things that, that I've carried and, and held on to probably since some of my earliest memories. Since a few things that I want to share with you that I know my mom said that impacted my life. Here's the first one. Number one, I believe in you. You know, I, I'm very thankful that from the earliest age, I knew that my mom and my dad thought I was special. They let me know that. They gave me great value. They showed me love. And in so many different ways, my mom helped me to know that she believed in me. She had this way that at the time was kind of annoying, but over time has, has really stuck with me 
of challenging me to, to, to do my very best. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll let her tell you about it. You always encouraged me to um, not just do my best. I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. Like, like to not, not just be normal. And do you, do you recall there was a, whenever you wanted to encourage me to take maybe that extra step, do you remember what you used to say? It takes so little to be above average. Yeah, because you had read that in some book, hadn't yeah. you? Florence Littower. <laughs> yeah, and I remember kind of like being a teenager and you saying to me, Chad, it takes so little to be above average. And I remember thinking it would also take so little for me to throw that book out the window. Like, you know, you just, yeah. you didn't want to hear that. Yeah. Um, but it's such a good word, you know, that that when you when you used to say that, what did that mean to you? To try a little harder, be a little above average. Um, let it be something that you can be proud of having done and that you did your very best. And although it's a nice cliche to say, there are times when it takes a whole lot more time than it would just to let it go. But you call that just a little because it's gonna be above average. That lesson that my mom instilled into me still stays with me to this day. It takes so little to be above average. Chad, what do, you, what do you mean by that? How, how do you live that out? Well, let me give you just a few thoughts to consider. One is this, be extraordinary. Not just extraordinary, but, but be extraordinary. Take, take it that next spot. Like, like give a little extra in your life in so many different ways. I think scripture encourages us with this, not to look at ourselves as just normal or humdrum, but that we're willing to put a little extra into our lives. See, the psalmist tells us this, Psalm 139, verse 13. God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, every one of us was made uniquely by God. Sometimes we, we talk about the sanctity of human life. See, every life matters. And that's why I challenge you to be yourself See, God has made you the way that you are. And I'm thankful that I had the, the, the freedom, the opportunity to be myself. And I want you to be yourself. Be the person that God has created and called you to be. Live out his purpose for your life and make a difference. Look, I, I want you to know that I believe in you, that God believes in you, and that you can make a difference in this world. Look, right now in this season, people need us. People need you. You know, it's weird because we're not meeting here in the church, but the reality is the church is not a building. The church is us. And although we're looking forward to the time when we're going to be able to come back together. And next Sunday, I want to share with you some details about, about the next steps in us gathering together. I want to share with you some more about our vision and the future of the church. But one of the realities that's, that's hitting me is the church is not the building. It's the people. And as people, we need each other. Like, like who have you reached out to recently? Who, who did you drop a card to or, or send a text to or give a call to or, or find some way to be generous towards? Like just this week, I had multiple friends reach out to me and that meant so much. I had somebody on my heart and I, I gave them a call 
And man, that, that time together was so special. Look, we need each other in this time and especially in this time. Can I challenge you to do something that I, I received from my parents? Love unconditionally. Look, th this is a big deal that, that our families know, that those around us know, that because of what Christ has done in our lives, we extend our love back to them. I also think it's important, and, and I want to acknowledge, I know that Mother's Day is not the easiest day for all of us. See, for some of us, we, we didn't maybe have a very good relationship with our mom, and there's a struggle that, that this day brings. For others of us, be, because of the restrictions that we're living under right now, we're not able to be with our moms and celebrate the way that we, we would like. Maybe for some of us, our mom has passed. For others of us, we may be living in a situation where some of the things we talk about either bring regret or challenge. I even want to give a shout out to our single moms today who do so much to help their families stay together and, and to move forward. I know that this is a complicated day for so many, and this seems like a time to, to mention this. Look, I know that even in the midst of how this can be a struggle at times, God is with you, he believes in you, and he's right there with you in this time. The, the second thing I want to share with you today, number two that I can remember so clearly my mom kind of instilling in me. Number two, open your eyes. Number two, open your eyes. As a kid, and I, I suppose if you ask Rhonda as an adult too, it's not uncommon for me to miss what's right there in front of me. I, I fail to see some things that are obvious. Well, let, let me give you an example. Let's go back to the conversation I had with my mom. Okay, so I, I wanna ask you about some maybe specific things about my childhood and, uh, and, and see either if you can remember if any of this makes sense. Like I, I remember, you know, very clearly we lived uh, kind of not, not out in the country, but certainly not in town. I guess we were kind of out in the country and we had a, a ranch home with a basement down in the basement, we had both a, an old fruit cellar, right? Was where right. oil tanks were that used to heat the home. Right. And you always had a freezer down there too that we, we kept food in. And there would be times when, you know, from when I was a little kid, you would, you know, say, hey, Chad, can you run downstairs and get a jar of this out of the fruit cellar or get a bag of this out of the freezer? And inevitably, I would I would go downstairs and the kitchen was right at the top of the stairs and I would yell up the stairs. Do you, do you remember what I would yell? Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> and and then you know, in that area where I kept the canned fruits and vegetables, uh, I always had a lot of stewed tomatoes. We canned yeah. those and loved those. So that was kind of my target thing. I would say. It's such and such away from the stewed tomatoes. And that was kind of like supposed to be helpful. I never liked those stewed tomatoes. I'm oh, glad you and dad did, but I didn't like them. I love them. And I remember I did not like going in that fruit cellar. Like it was it was kind of creepy. You know, you'd, you'd go in there and the door might close on you. And it just, it was, <laughs> I don't know, just the, the word fruit cellar is just a little, <laughs> little freaky maybe. And I can remember you used to say, you know, things like, open your eyes or it's right there or hey it's it's you know to the right, right of behind, you know. yeah 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 and then i i can still distinctly remember you kind of yelling back down this not yelling but saying back down the stairs 
um, if I have to come down there, you'd say, and that's when I knew I better look a little harder. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's a, there's a principle there of there's times when we just got to open our eyes. Look, let, let me encourage you with a few things in this season. It's easy for us to miss so much. There's so many things going on around us and whether it's because we've begun to be apathetic or maybe we've struggled with a few months of chaos. Whatever it is, it may be time for somebody to just gently remind us, hey, hey, open your eyes. Take a look at what's going on around you. I would encourage you to open your eyes to opportunity. Open your eyes to opportunity. You know, from the very beginning of this weird season we're in, we've talked about the fact that we cannot let a crisis rob us of opportunity. The Bible says it this way, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, I know we've talked about this many times, but I, I would ask you as we're beginning to talk about next steps, how, how do we move on and move out of this weird season that we've been in? What will you wish you had done when you can't do it anymore, right? That's what opportunity is, right? It's a moment that you have to take. And while we're in this season, and maybe this is more than a pandemic season, this is the season that your life is in, that your family is in, your job, your schooling, whatever it is, when you get on the other side of this, what will you wish you had done when you can't do it anymore? Open your eyes and make the most of the opportunity. I would also challenge you, and th this has challenged me in the last few days, and I think it's important in our times that you not only open your eyes to opportunity, but that you open your eyes to injustice. That you open your eyes to injustice. Just in the last few days, we've been reminded that even though we can sometimes tell ourselves that all is right with the world, there is so much injustice in the world. The story of Armad Arbery, and his not only tragic death, but then the lack of justice that came. The fact that it, it, it demands a national outcry before simple justice is carried out shows us that there's so much that is not right in our world and, and more deeply in our hearts. Look, I asked myself, why, why does this kind of thing happen? Because I saw, as I scrolled through social media, post after post, where people were making statements of, of, of standing with Armad and, and making this, this statement of how this is wrong and this has to stop. And I said to myself, how does it stop? What, what do we do? You know, we have to call injustice what it is. When someone is mistreated because they're different from someone else, because of the color of their skin or whatever else it might be, that's injustice. And look, as the body of Christ, we have to make a statement that this needs to stop. You know, so many times, during this season, I've heard people use the phrase the new normal. I think this is an area where we need to find a new normal. I challenge you, how do you open your eyes to injustice? And then not just talk about it, not just post about it. How do you do something about it? Like, like what friends do you have who are different from you? When was the last time that you really took the time to think about what it might be like to have an experience for someone that's different than the life experience that you have had. What if opening our eyes to injustice and then doing something about it became our new normal?
think in this season we need to open our eyes. That ultimately we would open our eyes to others. And what that means. I think one of the roles that a mom carries on in the home and in the family is to help her children see that the world is bigger than just them. The Apostle Paul says it this way. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. How do we do that? I think in part it happens when we're willing to open our eyes. But let me give you one other very practical step. Something else you probably heard your mom say. Number three today, watch your mouth. (laughs) Number three, watch your mouth. I have this really clear memory. And I asked my mom about it. She, She didn't really remember it the way I did. But I can remember I'd been outside playing with neighbor kids or doing whatever. My mom was in the basement and she was doing laundry. And I remember, I have no idea how old I was, but I can remember coming downstairs and going into the basement and there had been some kind of struggle or disagreement outside before I came in. And in the process of that, I had heard a word that I had never heard before. This was a new word to me. And I thought, I'm gonna test this word out on my mom. So I came down and I used this word and the look on my mom's face when I said it because she knew I didn't learn that word from her. And she just asked me, where where did you hear this word? And do you know what that means? And I remember my mom helping me to understand, look, that is not a word that we use. She helped me to know that I need to watch my mouth. The reality is sometimes I need to step back and ask myself the question, is that a word I should use? <laughs> is that something that's, that's valuable for me to say? Is it important for me to say it? What are the ramifications if I do? This week in our staff meeting, Pastor Chris McCormick uh, shared a devotional with us and it was, it was filled with a whole lot of wisdom and one of the nuggets that came out of it that really struck with me. Pastor Chris said, Do not lose long-term influence by winning a short-term argument. Isn't that good? Do not lose your long-term influence by winning a short-term argument. Here's the deal, friends. Sometimes I can talk so much that I lose my voice. Sometimes I say too much and then I lose the opportunity to speak into the lives of other people. Now look, I think these things all kind of mix together into what I would call the the fourth thing I want to share with you that I remember my mom saying. Not only should we open our eyes and not only should we watch our mouth, but number four, play nice, we're family. (laughs) Play nice, we are family. And let me tell you why she might have said that. See, I, I, I grew up living next door to my cousin. And and so we played together every day. We were just about a year apart. And really, I I know there were seasons in our lives where we probably interacted more like brothers than we did cousins. And the reality is we we fought like brothers. Like we had this, this tendency that we'd get along for so long and then there would be that moment. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. There would be that line that would cross and he would make me so mad. And I can remember going home and telling my mom just how wrong he was and why it shouldn't have happened like that. And she'd help me through it. And one of the things that she would help me understand, she would remind me, hey, you need to play nice because we're family. Like this is a special relationship that we share. She didn't just preach it. I I remember my mom and dad practicing it. 
Because just like any other family, there were times when there was tension. There were times when there was division. There was disagreement. There was hurt. And I can remember my parents making hard decisions and humbling themselves and choosing to love our family members in difficult times. Look, in the church, we're a family. The Bible says that we are brothers and sisters. We're the children of God. And I really think we need to keep this in mind. See, all three of these things, that you open your eyes, you watch your mouth, you play nice. It reminds me that it's not just about me. I live my life, and God's word says this, with others in mind. Here's what I'm seeing right now. And if you don't mind me, just kind of maybe speaking into your world for a moment. What I'm seeing right now is it almost appears like the world's on fire. You know, every one of us walks around with, with I, I'd say, maybe two buckets in our hand. One bucket is gasoline and the other is water. And we have to decide which one we're going to pour on the situations that we encounter. When we come up on a fire, which one are you going to pour on that? See, that plays out in your actions and in your conversations. You have the opportunity to either put the fire out or make it ablaze. And the reality is you have to be wise because you don't want to burn down things today that will be impossible to rebuild tomorrow. Thursday night, I put a post on Facebook because just thinking through some different things. And on Friday, I had multiple friends text me and say, hey, man, you OK? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing great. But what I'm struggling with, what I'm worried about, is that the world and even the church is so divided. And honestly, what do we do about it? Like to be candid with you, I, I've noticed things as I've had conversations with other people or I've watched people interact with one another or I've seen posts on social media where there's so much division and there's so much tension that there's moments, I think as a pastor, as a shepherd, I feel like a father and I struggle because it's difficult for a parent to watch their children go at each other. Like, like if you're a parent, you know what that means. When your kids are, are getting along well, there's a, there's a joy, there's a satisfaction. But when there's a, a, a disagreement, that challenge comes in and it's difficult to be a part of that. And I said that to Rhonda the, the other night. I, I said to her, Rhonda, I'm, I'm struggling because... I feel like there's so much division and like a father, I'm so frustrated because it seems like my, my children are, are fighting with each other. And that's when she said to me with the wisdom that she has, she, she said, yeah, I, I wonder how that makes God feel. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I suppose he's their father first, isn't he? <laughs> it's caused me to think about this. Look, in so many ways, our world's divided right now. Racism, politics, Look, Corona has done more than make some people sick. It has made us divided. Here's, here's how I know this. We call each other names way too quickly. Look, the person who's concerned about their health is not filled with fear. They're trying to be wise. And the person who's upset about economic ramifications is not greedy. They're being realistic. The person who's listening to the recommendations of those who are in authority is not a mindless sheep. They're trying to practice biblical perspectives of prayer and respect for authority. The person who's concerned about personal freedom and liberties is not a conspiracy theorist. They're well-meaning people who want what's best 
for their families. And I know some of you, you're just sitting back and you're just going, Chad, look, it's not that simple. And you know, the reality is you're right. Let's be honest. Some people are filled with fear and some people are greedy and some people mindlessly follow. And there are some crazy conspiracy people out there. But every time I lead with name calling, I miss that God has called them so much more. See, what God has called them are his children. What God has said is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So I have to go back to in moments like this, what would my mom challenge me to do? She challenged me to say, Chad, what's the next right thing that you should do? Like what's, what's the right step for you to take right now? And ultimately it's for us to go back to the scriptures. What do the scriptures say to us in these times? Well, Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus was asked. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So, so before I make that comment or before I send that email or before I post that thought, I need to ask the question, is this loving my neighbor before I become dogmatic about the decision that I'm making in the moment, I have to consider, is this what's best for me? Or am I willing to ask the question, is this best for those around me? Look, the Bible says this, Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Do you know where Paul was when he wrote that? He was sitting in prison and he's saying, look, in the situation that you're in, would you be willing to say, I'm going to go through this without grumbling. I'm going to go through this without complaining because in doing that, my light shines and I show people Jesus. Look, the way that you're living in this season, is it showing Jesus to other people? Is it helping your brothers and sisters in Christ to love him more? And what about those who don't know him? When people see you, does it make them want to know Jesus? Ultimately, I have to ask the question, is the fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit evident in my life? The Bible says this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. In these moments, before I react and respond, I have to ask the question, does this show the fruit of the Spirit at work in my life? Does this show what God is doing? And maybe even more, before I do this, ask the question, what good does this do? What kind of fruit is this going to produce? What kind of difference is it going to make? Am I doing the next right thing? You say, Chad, how do you know those things? Like, like, how do you decide those things in a season like this? I guess there's no easy answer. But I'll tell you the place where I know you have to begin. Number five, trust in Jesus. The fifth, the last thing that I'd leave with you today. Number five, trust in Jesus. When my mom and I talked the other day, I asked her, Mom, you, you got any advice for moms who are in the midst of raising their children today, here's what she said. Do you have any, um, do you have any advice for moms today? I think that, you know, the spiritual part of it is the groundwork 
um, you can give a lot of pointers and this is how you live life, but you always have to put that um, undergirding that Jesus is the center of your life and he will help you make decisions and steer you in the right way. Second Timothy chapter one, Paul's writing to a young man named Timothy and he says this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Moms, dads, did you see that? So many times the faith that is in our children first lives in us. And then we have the privilege, we have the responsibility, we have the opportunity to pass that along and down to them. Ultimately, that's at the heart of the role of a parent. Now, you, you can't control what your children do. You, you can't um, determine exactly how they'll respond. But our role is to live out our faith in a way that allows them to see Jesus and challenges them to know him for themselves. And we want to help you to do that. This Saturday, we are offering an online parenting conference. It is going to be something really special, something we've never done before. It's $5. You can sign up online today. Just go to our website, ToledoCalvary.org. From there, you can sign up. We've got world-class speakers. We've got great breakouts. And you say, I can't sit in front of the computer all day Saturday. When you buy the registration, you're going to get access to all of the breakout sessions, all of the speakers, and you can go back and watch those at any time. You're really getting a digital library of parenting resources because we want to help you to pass along that faith. Look, the way that you live your life is so critically important. And as a church, we want to come alongside of you. But ultimately, I, I didn't learn my faith from the church. Ultimately, I, I saw it first from my parents. There's one instance in particular that helped me to learn to trust in Jesus. And I want, I want you to hear the conversation that my mom and I had about that moment. You know, I'll ask you about a real specific experience that I have a very, uh, really, really clear and distinct memory of. I remember when, and I, I don't know how, I was a little kid, probably maybe early elementary school age, and uh, Dwayne, my cousin Dwayne, your nephew, was in a motorcycle accident. Yes. And I remember we, we had a finished basement, and I remember being down in the basement and uh, your sister called to say, you know, Dwayne's been in an accident, will you pray? And I remember you disappeared. Um, very distinctly, I can remember. Do you, do you remember where you went? Yes, to my bedroom. And I was overcome with passion for this young man, my nephew, and uh, yeah, he, he lived, but he almost didn't because he wrapped the car around a tree. And, uh, yeah. So it was a car accident. I've always had it as a motorcycle in my head. Huh. At that time, it was an automobile. And I can remember, Mom, you know, you went upstairs to your room. And I remember being down in the basement, just being a kid and thinking, I wonder where she went. And then I could hear through the floor. I could hear you praying um, in your room by yourself 
um, really from the depth of your heart for God to to heal and protect and, and yeah. save Dwayne. Yes. And that had a very real impression on me as a kid that when you are in times of trouble, the the most important thing you can do is to put your trust in and call out to Jesus. You pour out your heart. <laughs> well, I want to thank my mom for taking the time to share some stories with us today and to encourage us. Mom, I love you. Thanks for the incredible influence that you are on my life. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. And yet this message is for more than just moms. Like the principles that we've looked at fit into our lives in so many different ways. Look, and I know that for many of you, your challenge today goes so much deeper than some of what we've talked about. For some of you, this is a difficult day. We've already talked about this, that your, your thoughts are, are challenged today because you miss your mom. Or for some of you, because maybe more than anything, you want to be a mom. Maybe there's pain that comes on this day for so many of us. Or maybe it has nothing to do with Mother's Day. Maybe what you're wrestling with right now has nothing to do with the coronavirus. It's something in your life where you just say, I'm having a hard time trusting in Jesus. Can I encourage you with this? This scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. When we ask, how do you trust in Jesus? It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. The words that really kind of jumped out to me when I was thinking about this verse is that you won't become weary and give up. Because some of you right now are weary. You're struggling in this season, in life for whatever reason. And some of you maybe even have reached this point where you've wondered, should I just give up? Like, like should, I just, should, I, should I just quit in some way or another? And can I encourage you that there is an answer in these moments that you can find hope and you can find truth in Jesus Christ. See, the reason I say that is because the answer is, is not found in a church and it's not found in some preacher's sermon. The answer is found in a person and that person is Jesus. See, when we're weary, so many times it's because we're carrying things that maybe we weren't meant to carry. Sometimes that's shame. Sometimes that's guilt. And what we need is someone to, to remove that from us. We need someone to bring us forgiveness. And that's Jesus because he's our savior. See, that verse talks about how he went to the cross, how he chose to die for our sins so that we could know forgiveness. And you can find that in Jesus Christ, your Savior. And oftentimes the reasons we, we want to give up, like we look at and see in this verse, oftentimes the reason why we want to give up is because we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to do something by ourselves. And oftentimes something that we weren't meant to do or that doesn't make sense to do. And the way we can work around those moments in our lives is to recognize that Jesus is not only our Savior, but He's our Lord He's the one who gives our lives purpose. He's the one who offers us meaning in our lives because he's alive and can live in us as well. And today I want to lead you in a prayer 
that if you are watching this and you'd say, Chad, I can't do it on my own anymore. I've looked for answers in other places. And today what I need is to find hope in Jesus Christ. I need to make him my savior and my Lord. Then I'm going to invite you to join me in this prayer. In fact, if you know that Jesus is your savior and Lord, right there in your home, wherever you are, would you pray this aloud with me? And I'd invite you, if today you need to begin or begin again a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, would you pray this prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, for sending your son to die for my sin. I ask today that you'd forgive my sin, take away my guilt and shame, be my savior. I give my life to you, my risen Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Look, if you just prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or maybe you're again asking Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, then I want to invite you to go out to our website. There should be a link in the comments where you're watching, or you can go out to ToledoCalvary.org. Right on our homepage, you'll see a place where you can know more about Jesus. We would love to, to pray with you. We have a, a gift we want to send your way to help you know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. As we conclude this service, I want to pray a prayer of blessing, and then we're going to listen to a song. The words to this song, it's a new song, very special song that our worship team has prepared, comes from Numbers chapter 6. It's a blessing that the priests would pray over God's people in the Old Testament. And these powerful words are words that we want to sing together and over our homes today as we conclude this service. In fact, as a special gift to you, we, we've created a, a piece of artwork that you'll see posted on our Facebook and Instagram feeds. And you can find that there that has the words to that passage of scripture that you'll hear in this song because we want it to be a reminder to you. You can use it as, a, as something you print out or you could put it as a, as a screensaver on your computer or use it uh, on your phone screen as a, as, a, as a reminder that God's blessing is over you and your home. Can I pray with you before we go? Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the privilege we've had to come together. That Lord, even though we can't be in your house, we know that you are in ours. And so Father, we look to you and I pray your blessing over these homes, over these families, over every individual. God, would you let us know your special favor, your wonderful peace. God, I pray for the moms today in whatever season they find themselves in, would you let them know your strength and your courage and your grace and your love, the blessing they need to accomplish what you've created them to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.
make his face shine.